This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a special episode of the Animaniacast. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We're the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series, episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. In the end, we give each Animaniacs episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. In winter, I'm Hibernathan. (laughs) That's true. And not joining us across the country today is Kelly, because Kelly is off doing her Jeopardy auditions today. Uh, I think you mispronounced that. Oh, Jeopardy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's going to be off and uh, doing that whole audition process. And who knows, in a few weeks or months, she'll actually find out whether or not she makes it on the show. So... Very exciting. We wish Kelly all the luck in the world, and we'll keep our fingers crossed. It was a really cool thing. You saw, Nathan, uh, that yesterday they actually had a question about Animaniacs on, Je- on uh, I'm sorry, Jeopardy or Jeopardy, whatever you want to call it. That was like two weeks ago, but yeah. It was two weeks ago? Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, we're recording this, early, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> there was recently... <laughs> Or there was recently a question about uh, Animaniacs. It was about, uh, you know, Maurice LaMarche, voice actor, said that the... Let's look up the actual question here. I, I found it. Okay. So, Nathan, what was that Jeopardy question? All right. So, uh, Maurice LaMarche said the voice for this Take Over the World mouse is 70% Wells, 20% Vincent Price, and 10% something else. I wonder what I that something is. else is. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> Probably himself. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I'm I, not sure if the person, the people got it or not, that answered it correctly or not, but one of the, one of our Twitter followers said that, uh, said that they weren't pondering what he was pondering. So I guess they, ne- they did not get the correct answer of who is the brain, but whatever. <laughs> Someone got, there's three people there. I mean. See, this is when Kelly should have been on the show. Wouldn't that have been an amazing thing? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, and well. then she could have plugged the podcast after that question. I know. And just, oh. okay, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can still be on Jeopardy still. Whatever. We don't care. Mm. Well, today we are going to be talking about, uh, instead of another episode of Animaniacs, today we're actually going to be discussing another Animaniacs comic book. And this is uh, issue number six, which came out in October of 1995. Let's see, Nathan, do you have any facts from October 1995? Uh, no. Okay, let's uh, skip it then. There was a Halloween. <laughs> and there was a Halloween. Okay. Well, today's episode, today's comic, I should say, is, uh, I think it's pretty good. Nathan, what would uh, you say if someone asked you about Animaniacs issue number six? What would you say? It's so much better than issue number five. So much better. I agree. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Um, this one actually has, uh, three major segments in it, and I'm going to be 
flipping through them as I read the the title. So we have Egyptian conniption. We have mm. a a useless fax, which we haven't seen in a while. I think for many you know while in the actual Animaniacs TV show. And yeah. it, it has a comic about Wyatt Earp, and I'm looking at the title right now. Here it is. We have a, a Wyatt Earp uh, comic called Pun Fight at the OK Corral, and we have a comic called The Whole Tooth and Nothing But the Tooth. So a lot of, you know, and also a bunch of different activities as well. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we'll get to those as we as we flip through the comic book. By the way, these comic books are available. You can still get them, you know, through used comic shops and things like that. Um, you can order them online through, you know, many of the comic shops. Uh, and you can also find scans of them online as well. Um, if you just do a little bit of, you know, Google searching, you sure you can be able to find it and flip through it as we talk about it. So let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and talk about this comic. So... Let's start with the cover, I think, before we get into the discussion, because on the cover it shows Yakko, Wacko, and Dot going through Egypt. And mm-hmm. Yakko and Dot are talking the the foreground here. Wacko, of course, is in the background cu- carrying tons of different things in a huge, huge heap. And you should just put him in his bag. I know, exactly. He has a bag <laughs> for this stuff. But um, Wacko says, are we at the shore yet? Yakko, who's dressed up in a uh, kind of scuba gear, kind of waiting, waiting to go into the beach, says, I knew yeah, we should have... What was that? Snorkeling gear. Snorkeling gear, gear yes. No scuba tank. <laughs> <laughs> Yakko says, I knew we should have taken that left turn at Alexandria. Dot, of course, is saying, it's got to be close. Dig these crazy sandcastle, pointing towards the pyramids behind them. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff in Yakko's uh, heap that he's carrying. What are some of the things you see there, Nathan? Uh, he's got Pinky in the Brain. Uh, he's got a barrel of monkeys. He's got a plucky duck uh, uh, thing, right? Um, he's got the everything but the... Uh, you know, he's got the kitchen sink. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got like everything there. Everything's uh, there. And he, and he... Yeah. He is well um, prepared for... His, yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And did you mention the plucky duck life preserver kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of what a life preserver was called, but yeah, <laughs> the yeah. plucky duck life preserver, and uh, just uh, just a bunch of different stuff. It's got it's a, a shuttlecock, just a, a boombox, some cheese, some ham, yeah. uh, a saw. I mean, it's it's really funny. Like every time I look at this, I'm seeing a little extra stuff like hidden in there. So a really cool cover. I really like it a lot. And then, did you see their shadows? Their their speech bubbles have shadows. Oh, I was wondering about that. I, <laughs> I was seeing like this. The shadows were looked a little like weird. Like that doesn't look like Yakko's head. But you're absolutely right. It, I was wondering about that. That is so cool. Yeah. So it's yeah, this a is good a cover. It's a really <laughs> awesome cover. I really really like this cover. So let's go ahead and talk about the first segment. It is called Egyptian Conniption. And Egyptian Conniption was actually written by a couple of the Animaniac show's writers, Gordon Bresick and Charlie Howell, as he's put down in here. Charles M. Howell IV, as he's known and sometimes on Animaniacs. The penciler was Neil Sternecki, who also did the cover. 
The letterer was Lorena Mappa, inker Steve Smallwood, and colorer is David Tangway. And Nathan, what happens here in uh, Egyptian Conniption? All right, so we start off with Cleopatra talking to Julius Caesar about how they want to take over the world, kind of like a Pinky and a Brain cartoon, I thought it was. But uh, <laughs> it turns out um, they're just going to do it sometime after July, uh, which is, of course, named after Julius Caesar. And Cleopatra wanted a month named after her, but they were Cleo, Cleo Vimber didn't sound very good. So that didn't happen. And then we cut to the cover page with uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot trying to find the uh, beach. And uh, this is weird. Wacko has dirt in his shoes, which he doesn't have shoes, I didn't think. But apparently he can pull off his feet and sand will pour out. And even a whole sphinx will pour out and have a funny little joke there. Yeah, his, it says his—they his, like, <laughs> look like socks to me, almost. You know, like his white. The yeah, white, I his guess black feet are still there underneath his white feet or something. <laughs> so it's weird, but he he dumps out everything, including the sphinx, which of yeah. course Yakko has a great line right there. Whew, that sphinx! Oh, good. It's good. It's a nice pun. Uh, <laughs> And then they notice the uh, Cleopatra's uh, house or whatever um, is just, just over their shoulder. And they think it's like a hotel and there's a beach boy coming out. And it turns out it's Julius Caesar. And he's like, I am Caesar. And he's like, hey, I want to sell it. And they have some really good puns here. Um, it's just like every line is a pun, which is a, is a lot of fun. Um, so they, But they're like, Caesar, you're not dressed to be, as, a, as a chef. If you're going to make our salad, you got to change. And then uh, that's when Cleopatra comes out, and she's like, where's Caesar? And he's like, he's dressing. Caesar dressing? It's like, that's the point, you know, kind of stuff. It's funny stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, anyways, uh, so uh, they leave Julius Caesar out in the desert, I guess, and then go back inside with uh, Cleopatra, and they say they want a room, and they make a bunch of uh, sweet puns. Pun intended, I guess. <laughs> um, and they end up in the dungeon um, where they... Uh, they're stuck there until they find a mummy, and then they kind of uh, roll the mummy around, which I thought was a little <laughs> weird. A little upsetting. This mummy is, like, sitting... Well, they, they say, of course, they think they're in a hotel at this point. Yeah. They think they they think that Cleopatra owns a hotel, and they're basically saying, okay, let's go to this uh, this room, and oh my gosh, let's, this is a... This, the service in this hotel is pretty slow, because the last guest is still here. And, of course, it's this yeah. mummy with one eyeball kind of still, like, Sticking uncovered. Out. It look, almost looks like a Cyclops yeah. mummy or something. So, yeah, they roll it around, and then what happens? <laughs> they find a secret tunnel behind where the mummy was in his uh, sarcophagus or whatever that thing's called. Um, and that brings him right back to Cleopatra. She's like, how did you get out of the dungeon? It's like, well, it's no longer a dungeon, and now it's a honeymoon suite. Uh, so they've changed that, they've redecorated the entire dungeon, and then they decide to redecorate her throne room, uh, by putting shag carpeting around the floor and, uh, painting the walls red. Um, Cleopatra's very upset, she, she calls for help from Julius Caesar, who comes around, he's like, I perfected the salad! And she's like, what are you doing? Uh, and he's like, I'm gonna take over the world with, with, uh, food, and Yako's like, yeah, you should also use pizza, and he's like, yes, pizza and salad! And Cleopatra's just about had it. Um, so, but uh, when she returns to her throne room, now it's a whole lobby and people are paying to stay at her hotel, basically. Uh, it's called Cleo's Palace. 
kind of like Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. And uh, she's going to be a star because she's going to be singing. Um, and, and Julius Caesar's going to be making pizza and salad. And uh, as, uh, as, 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 like a mommy would say, uh, that's about wraps things up, I guess, is what Yakko says. <laughs> yes, like, yeah, like, the mom, like my mommy <laughs> says, that about wraps things up. Um, yeah, a really cool, um, <laughs> really cool comic here. And, uh, of course, it's very nice for Cleopatra. She gets to open for Ingover... Ing- I can't even say this guy's name. I've always had the, the worst name. Hunger... Oh, they mixed up his name. Instead of uh, Ingelbert Humperdink, they changed it to Hungelbert Imperdink. So, mm. yeah, a little, little mess up of his words. But, yeah, in Cleo's Palace, of course, the lettering looks just like Caesar's Palace. Uh, it's, it's such a funny... This is a very funny comic. Uh, mm-hmm. There's just every single panel has a pun in it, and uh, some of them mm-hmm. are a little grown tastic, but most of them are actually pretty funny. I liked a lot of them. What what were some of the, your favorite moments in this uh, first segment, Nathan? Oh man, there's just so many puns to choose from. I like I like when they said to Julius Caesar to leave us alone, and then Wacko's like, but if it's no, let us that alone, again. it's he said, not. No, try it again. He says okay. to let us alone. No, well, they say first... Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. They say... So Yakko says, uh, let, now let us alone. And then Wacko says, well, if it's let us alone, it's not a salad. And then Yakko says, well, add the croutons. Then. So it's it's silly. It's silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I, I really did like the whole thing of, you know, Caesar just... By the end of it, he does look just like a short-order cook. Uh, put it with a chef hat. And just so happy... So it's it's a it's a nice um, Animaniacs cartoon too because as much as the Warners are causing havoc and everything in it, they end up kind of making everybody happier at the end too. So mm-hmm. I really like this one. It was it was a uh, yeah, and it reminded me a lot. I've been playing. I just finished playing uh, the latest Assassin's Creed game, which is just nothing but Egypt, you know, and uh, so seeing this comic i was like oh that's cool (laughs) another thing i really liked about this uh at least reading it here in the actual comic you can see all these cool ads for different stuff that Mm -hmm. we actually had some of these things like oh say the batman forever video game for super nintendo do you remember Mm -hmm. this nathan oh i have it now (laughs) i i have it on my little uh mini uh, SNES game, so you like SNES classic. So you downloaded the ROM for this one, then? Yeah, I also did it for Animaniacs. Oh, so I play that now too. <laughs> Look at you. Um, well, this. Yep. I don't know. I just remember this game being just horrible. The Batman Forever game. Um, yeah, it, it's it was so hard. I I tried playing it. I was like, how am I jump? How do I jump through this hole? <laughs> Yeah, do you the have to press like the so up on the D-pad, right, or something to jump? Yeah, you have to jump up. Well, like you, it was, it's, it was so stupid. You have to jump and shoot straight up with your grappling hook to go through it. I, I just stopped playing because I couldn't get through there, but yeah. I looked it up in later. the very first level, like in the sewer. <laughs> yeah. or something? Yeah, I'm like fighting some bad guys, and like my wife's getting upset. Like, why are you beating up these inmates? They're crazy. Because <laughs> like... I'm Batman. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Batman. Like they shouldn't be in the in an insane institute. Like, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> well, 
Batman's Batman's moral code is you know you, you can't deconstruct it too much. But uh, yeah, there's a great. I don't know if you do you ever watch a uh, angry video game nerd? Have you seen any of those on YouTube? Uh, no. There's a great I, episode. I don't think where, so. There's okay. He's really funny. There's a great episode where he talks about the Batman games, and he really gets frustrated when playing Batman Forever. So you should check that one out. I just was very relatable. Anyway, seeing that right there was pretty cool. And then of course there's another advertisement here for the Doom game. Which that I remember seeing this advertisement in a lot of uh, uh, comics as well. Growing up, it just shows a bunch of black ants surrounding one red ant, and the red ant there's a little arrow that says "you," and then it points to the black ants saying "them," and then it says "capiche doom." Mm-hmm. Anyway, very you know, did doom you, was did huge you see the back ad then. for? Uh, the '90s pants or whatever your jeans—they're just so baggy. <laughs> I don't see that. Where's the band baggy jeans? It was on the the uh, right after the cover. I think I, there's one oh, where. Oh yeah, just I, did, I, I just skipped that. Oh yeah, the relaxed fit jeans. And then they're like the loose. these are Levi's. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, memories. Stay tuned for these words from our lovely sponsor. Way to kiss up, Doc. Greetings, Persons Perusing Podcasts. Are you looking for something a little different for your Star Wars-themed shows? Then join millions of others who now proudly call themselves scoundrels. I don't think it's millions, Taxes. It has to be close by now. After all the word of mouth and interwebs, nothing exists in a vacuum, Dennis. Space does. I'm not sure what this space vacuum you're talking about is. Never mind. So if you're looking for a unique show for news, hot space opinions, unique discussion points with our hypotheticals, or Taxes' musings with Saber Clash... And tune into Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels with me, Dennis Keithley. Me, Jay Krebs. And me, your humble little Dark Lord of the Shtick, Dark Taxes. From failed bits to musical guests to dancing Wookiees, you never know who might drop by. You really never do. So start your engines, fire up your Sabres, hold on tight, and join us. For Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels. Part of the RetroZap Podcast Network. The kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Swar and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on RetroZap.com. Part of the RetroZap Network. Hey there, listeners! RetroZap has a new listener community on the Discord app, and we want you to join us in some fun discussions about Animaniacs, Star Wars, and other pop culture topics. Come on over to join the party with the hosts of this show, as well as hosts of other RetroZap podcasts. To join, just go on over to discord.animaniacast.com. That's D-I-S-C-O-R-D. .animaniacast.com We'll see you there. Let's go to the useless facts. So the useless facts that we have are the origin of the buttons uh, when uh, basically talking about how one of the Prussian you know, Prussian soldiers were wiping their nose on their sleeves and so Frederick the Great put buttons on them to make them uh, stop doing that. And he says, hence the term button nose, which I don't know if that's actually true. I don't think that is. 
Um, yeah. A cow's sweat glands are located in the nose, which I guess that makes sense. I've seen a lot of cows with really disgusting noses. So, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And the most famous sphinx built around 2500 BC is missing its nose because soldiers later used it for target practice. And I did hear that. That's a. Uh, so. Yeah, I also heard that that's not true. Oh, really? So, so how did it fall off then? Yeah. Well, I don't know if anyone really knows, but like they, they said, like, oh, like a cannon from Napoleon shot it off, but it was missing before Napoleon was even born. Yeah, I heard like so, I heard something like Greek um, soldiers were shooting arrows at it or something like that, but I don't know. It, there, there's a rumor of some like the uh, this Muslim, like a Mohammed Saim al uh may have cut it off because people were offering uh, uh, the tributes to it. For, to increase their harvest, and he got mad and cut it off and threw it into the, the lake or something. Ooh. But I, I mean, I don't know if any of this is true. So, uh, you know, it's 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 hard to say. It's so long ago. Yeah, who's, who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> well, it it got taken off somehow. It's just definitely not it there. Might have been target practice. Could have been. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about the next comic right here, and this is Pun Fight at the OK Corral. And Pun Fight at the OK Corral was written by Gordon Bresick and Charles M. Howell IV. It penciler was Horatio Saavedra, inker Ruben Torriero, letterer Steve Haney, colorist Tom Ziyuku. So this one right here is, of course, a, a parody of uh, kind of Old West motifs. Wyatt Earp is in the town of Tombstone. The population is dropping because he is the apparently the meanest, strictest sheriff or marshal in the world and and, uh, he says no one was crueler or faster than Wyatt Earp and in comes into town the Warners and they're at the Warney they're at the Pony Express and they have a pony inside their little FedEx package and so they just want to have his signature they say what's your name and he says Wyatt Earp and of course they hear Erp, like U-R-P, and so they keep thinking he's burping or that he's, you know, he needs to say excuse me. And that moves into, uh, you know, them just messing around with him. They go into one of the saloons, and Wacko dresses up like uh, another guy. They 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 basically put uh, little mustaches on. Dots dressed up as a saloon girl, and. Wacko says that his name is Wild Bill Hiccup. And they basically do, they, they, they torment White Earp some more. They slap him. They put a bunch of makeup on him and eventually turn him into another saloon girl. And he dresses up as a, in a dress and people laugh at him and throw tomatoes at him. But for some reason, he believes Yakko, Wacko, and Dot when they say, Wow, you did great. They really liked you. And they send him off to Hollywood, and he is just so happy. He goes off in drag to Hollywood. And he says, And that's the story of the, and that's our story of the Old West. Clint Eastwood, eat your heart out. Because, of course, I think Unforgiven had just come out around this time. So, all in all, just a really good, fast paced parody of the Western genre right there. 
Uh, Nathan, what were some of the things you liked about this uh, comic? Oh, uh, there's lots of... I, I liked when they uh, when Wyatt Earp says, Wyatt Earp, and then they think that he said, why, like, why did it Earp? And they, so they think that he's asking why the pony Earped. And uh, they, they uh, then Wacko looks inside the envelope and says, oh, he more, did more than Earp. So it's uh, <laughs> some silly... Uh, some silly jokes. It's kind of weird how stretchy his pants are in one scene where they're all like climbing into his pants. He says, this town ain't big enough for the both of us, partner. And they say, yeah, but your pants are big enough for all of us. And they jump in his, like, Yakko, I'm sorry, Wacko and Dot jump in the pants. And then they snap back his pants and go, snap. And they go, ooh, he sure is a snappy dresser. He's out of his mind. We're out of his pants. So anyway, it there was just every little bubble, again, has like a little stupid little joke. And it was funny. Mm-hmm. It was funny stuff. It reminded me a lot of two Spike Jones songs. Um, there's a, a Spike Jones and the City Slickers song of um, Wyatt Earp, and they keep saying, Wyatt Earp, he makes me burp. Now here is a tale of the old Wild West, and our hero wore a shiny star on his vest. He was known to always uphold the law, a real man's man and quick on the draw. Wyatt Earp, that was his name, and this is the story how he won fame. It started in a lawless town, there were lots of real bad hombres around. They laughed at the law, they didn't care, there were 22 sheriffs buried there. We need a man to uphold the law, a fearless hombre who's quick on the draw. You're right, but don't forget being red, every sheriff we hire, he fills full of land. Well, how about hiring Wyatt Earp? Wyatt Earp, he makes me burp. And there was another uh, Spike Jones song uh, written back in the 50s, I believe, called uh, Wild Bill Hiccup. And again, it was like in the 40s or 50s and very similar to the puns of these, uh, this comic, I should say. Our story takes place in a lawless town. They've called on Hiccup to tame things down. He's just arrived and who should he meet but the no good outlaw poison Pete. Pete, I hear you've been a rustling again. And I blow up the bank and I Stagecoach and robbed the mail car. One of these days, you're going to go too far. So you think that you're a pretty good fighter. You should have seen what I did to Pink Rider. You mean Red Rider. Now he changed his name. He got faded last week in a big crap game. Dip on, dip on, dip, I think you're a coward through and through. I'm going to tell a whole town what I think of you. So there. Shooting off your mouth won't get you anywhere. It was it was a lot of fun. I really did like this one a lot, especially the end again, where yeah, they torment him at the end, but uh, he Wyatt Earp looks very happy at the end. He gets to yeah. take a new uh, a new job. I, I feel like the number should be one sixty four population, not one sixty one, because unless the it's kind of, I would assume the Warners would count as three population. And then once they leave, then it would be 161. But. Oh, you're, you're talking about the... Oh, you're talking about <laughs> with the population dropping and then going up and down? There's a little yeah. thing on the... Well, yes, but they're just... Okay, th- let's explain that joke. When they're... <laughs> at the very beginning, this guy is dropping the population down Tombstone, 163, down to 162, because one guy had been run out of town. And the Warners, uh, at the end, go to that same chalkboard and sc- scratch off 162, and then put 161 because Wyatt Earp has left. But 
That makes sense to me because, uh, you know, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, they can't stay. They, they work for the Pony Express. They have other ponies I to guess deliver. So. And yeah, White Earp was officially living there, and now he'll officially live somewhere else. So I guess it's okay. In Hollywood. <laughs> and I believe, yeah. I, I think, and I might be mistaken, but I think White Earp actually did go off to Hollywood um, towards the end of his, uh, his life to help make some silent movies and stuff dealing with Western. So I don't think he was actually starred in any of them, but I'm pretty sure he did go Hollywood um, towards the end of the... Did he do- did he direct? That's what he wanted to do, according to the last panel. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Could have happened. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a, again, a very a very funny, fast-paced comic, so it's a lot of fun. And what I'm really excited about is after the comic, there's a really cool disguise kit that comes free in this comic book, and that is the Chicken Boo Human Disguise Kit, where you have Chicken Boo in the center, and you have, like, you can cut Chicken Boo out, and have little paper dolls where you can put Napoleon Bonaparte on him, or Bullius Caesar, or Abraham Lincoln, or Sitting Boo. So you have a lot of cool different costumes. And you know what I did, Nathan? I went ahead and scanned a copy of this and printed it out. So oh, nice. I know you're going to be in town this weekend, so we're going to have to uh, <laughs> see what it looks like and take some pictures. <laughs> To see if this disguise kit actually fits, because I don't know if this, uh, you know, I think these things will fit, but we'll we'll have to give it a review, a separate review. It should, as long as they're bigger than Boo, like as yeah. long as they're not smaller. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and get to the last uh, comic strip right here, or comic section, or whatever we're going to call it. It's the whole tooth and nothing but the tooth. And it's written by Gordon Bresick and Charles Howe, penciler John Costanza, letterer Bob Pinaha, Scott McRae was the inker, colorist was Joe Mignot. And Nathan, what happens here in the whole tooth and nothing but the tooth? All right, so the Warners are all having breakfast, and uh, it is not healthy. Uh, they're having syrup pizza, and they're having uh, sardine toaster strudels. Uh and then Wacko's just having a uh, snap, crackle, and pop cereal or something like that until his tooth pops or something because uh, he's got a cavity and he yells um, and it turns out he needs to go to the dentist. And so uh, he does not want to go and uh, uh, Yakko and Dot are asking him, why don't you want to go to the dentist? What, do you think the dentist is a vampire or do you think he's an alien? And then, of course, while they're saying this, Wacko is imagining a vampire and an alien trying to take his teeth out. Uh, Dot goes, no, you know he's not a vampire or an alien. He's a doctor, Dr. Frankenstein. So now he imagines uh, the doctor wants to take out his brain as well as his teeth. And then he runs out and sees the vampire and the alien in the hallway. And they chase all three of those guys, chase him out. And the bubble gets so big, it crushes everyone outside. (laughs) Yeah, his, his imagination runs away with him, and Dot has to put a stop to it and say, Wacko, snap out of it. Your fantasy's taken over the whole page. Uh, again, a really cool... Uh, it, did, it, it just looks really cool. So, cool stuff going on right there. Yeah, it's nice. So that like ends the page. So on the next page, Wacko's screaming, saying, No, I want to go back to the last page. So it's fun, like... Well, lots of little jokes going on. Um, <laughs> it was reminding <laughs> me of a lot of uh, the monster at the end of the book, right there. With mm-hmm. remember that Grover book? Uh, just reminded oh, me, yeah. of just like you have to. 
it, it was it was just really written well to the to the panels. So I always like that. So anyway, so uh, they they end up forcing Wacko into the room. They throw out the person that's in the chair. Um, they throw Wacko into it, and the dentist comes in. His name is uh, Mr. Payne or something, right? Like uh, his name Dr. is Doctor Doctor D K Payne. <laughs> if you if you've got a cavity, it's time for pain. Um, and then, but uh, they're a little scared. Or he's still scared. So what Yakko and Dot say, like, no, look, it's fine. So they throw the doctor into the chair, and then they torture him, try to pull out all his teeth, and then they shove him straight into the ceiling by lifting up the chair really high. It's then that the nurse comes in, and uh, Yakko and Wacko both want to get their teeth cleaned by the nurse because it's a girl. And, <laughs> um, and Dot's like, what the heck, guys? Um, and they, I mean, they come out and they've got braces on and they're like, we're coming back next week for cleaning. Um, and then Dot's like, I don't understand until she sees the uh, other dentist working there, Mr. Dr. Suffering. Uh, and he yes. is a dream boat. Uh, so Dot decides to eat all the cereal so she can also get a cavity. And Yakko and Wacko are saying that they're going to be coming back very soon. So um, that's it's fun. And of course, they end with "Ain't that the tooth?" Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So it has a little lesson in here buried in it that kids, you know, be careful. Don't put too much sugar in your cereal. Um, And is it is it any surprise that the the Warners have to eat the most unhealthy stuff in the world? I think that's how they get all this energy in the first place. Anyway. It was a, it was a, it was a pretty good comic. I thought it was very short, but you know, it was the right length. I think, right? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, my favorite part was when uh, they shot the guy out of the window, and then Dot yells out, "You can spit now!" Just... <laughs> yeah, they they really did go way a little too harsh on that uh, <laughs> that that first patient that they had. Well, you know, the the dentist, the patient didn't do anything. They basically yeah. rush. They run into the dentist's office, and a, a guy's in there. They just have to get rid of him. So they say, "Pardon us," and they make the seat catapult catapult him out. What, what could only I can only assume must be a twenty story window because <laughs> it is a. They are going to a, a skyscraper of some sort. The dental towers. Yeah, <laughs> so, and dots looking straight down, kind of thing. So it's not like <laughs> yeah, you can spit now. Uh, it, again, it was a very, a very funny comic. I mean, I think that they were a little too harsh on that dentist. Um, yeah, that's what I thought too. But <laughs> it was nice to see, I guess, a, a different, uh, nurse for once. It wasn't hello nurse. It was just, a you know, dental hygienist <laughs> there to mm-hmm. help out. Um, but yeah, apparently this, this is a, a entire building just full with, full of dentists. Like, uh, they went to Dr. Payne and of course, Dr. Payne's uh, partner was Dr. Suffering. Uh, but uh, they could have gone to Dr. Turn Your Mouth Into a Bloody Pulp and Charge You a Lot of Money. That's the guy's last name. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> It's a good uh, thing they didn't go there. Yeah, the good thing they didn't go there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, it, it, a very a very humorous cartoon. Uh, I don't know. I just Even though it, it didn't have anything to do with Little Shop of Horrors, that's the first thing I thought of with all this <laughs> dental humor was Little Shop of Horrors and Steve Martin. But any any other moments you liked in that one there, Nathan? Oh, I it's just very funny. Yeah, you, um, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> nothing that 
because you mentioned the uh, that sign, I think was the other thing I was going to mention. But um, I really did like how much they did the monster at the end of the book kind of thing. So this was the most like comic booky or like self-referential comic book yeah. of the three. Yeah. So. Well, all in all, I got to really admire. This is, uh, of course, our first comic with uh, Charles M. Howell and Gord- Gordon Bresick uh, at, at the writer writing helm, I should say. And uh, I got to admire their ability to not only write fantastic episodes of the TV show, but in Peaky and the Brain, but also for the comics as well. So very, uh, very impressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we close out, of course, with a couple, uh, two more activities. Again, this, this comic has a lot of activities. It has a mirror mix-up where it shows Minerva Mink in a very 90s attire. <laughs> looking at the mirror and of course you have to find 10 different things 10 things that are different in the mirror than compared to what she actually looks like so and how many did you find nathan i forget i found five clear ones and then i could maybe point to some more but i i really only found five that i'm comfortable maybe six wait let's see yeah so it's not the easiest uh puzzle you know, and it, I guess part yeah. of the reason is because it is in a mirror, and uh, so it makes you. It's not the it's not the easiest one, but uh, yeah, I'll see if I can take a scan of that there and see if if people want to play <laughs> with that <laughs> and see how many they can find. I'll I'll keep that on the uh, on the show notes. And of course, there's a maze at the very end, which I don't think I'll scan this one because it's just a simple maze. But it's basically a sense of direction, sense being S C E N T S with Wacko following a scent trail all the way to Slappy's delicious, question mark, <laughs> walnut fig dough, surprise. Uh, uh, Skippy's at the very end saying spew. And uh, halfway through it, of course, Pinky and the Brain are putting out their own scent, which is the Brain's new and improved auto-submission serum. Uh, this is now less flammable, <laughs> patent pending. <laughs> and mm. and uh, the other kind of scent trail that's going off is a giant bomb that is stuck in Dr. Scratch and Sniff's pants by Yakko and Dot. And, uh, that, of course, uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff is reading a, a book, and it's written, it's a book on Siggy, S-I-G-G-Y. The character on the front looks like Ziggy. Which I'm, I don't think a lot of kids out there know who Ziggy was. He was big in the '80s, and he wasn't funny at all. But Siggy is a—it's uh, basically it looks like Ziggy, but it looks like Sigmund Freud right there. So it's a, there's 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 cute stuff going on even on this back uh, panel right here, and uh, it closes out with a clear seal ad <laughs> to make sure <laughs> if you get those clear seal pads, which I don't even know if they sell those anymore. Oh wait, one more com- one more video game advertisement, Comic Zone, which was for the Sega Genesis. And uh I know I have that downloaded on my PS4, uh which I played a little bit of. It's actually kind of cool. It's like you're playing as a character in a comic book. It's actually kind of a cool sky- side scroller. But anyway, that it right there is issue number 6. Let's go ahead and get to our Water Tower rating. <laughs> All 
right, Nathan, out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's comic book? Oh, boy. Um, I, I mean, it's the best one I've seen so far, so it's kind of hard to say, like, should I just go? Are there going to be better ones? I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, say, I'll say five water towers. Yeah. I just, I assume this is going to be about as good as they get. So, <laughs> like, I, I really enjoyed all of them. So, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna. Go, I was going back and forth between four and a half and five as well. But yeah, I think this will be a good standard, like of what an Animaniacs comic book should be. You know, it was very true to the show. It uh, it was funny throughout. It made references to the medium that they were actually in. Um, it's fun to see those old advertisements. That's just a little bonus, I guess. But uh, I think it's without a doubt. If uh, you know we were going up to the Warner Brothers studio to pitch ideas for segments for the new reboot, I would throw this comic book down and say, "Make this and uh, give Charles M. Howland, <laughs> Gordon Bresick writing, uh, you know, credit because this one is good stuff. Just use these as storyboards. Go." Yeah, you got yourself a good good comic or a good show. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it would be an awesome show. I think this would be really great and. Uh, yeah, go for it, Warner Brothers. Go. Just make sure you get the writer's <laughs> credit and then you do it. All right. Well, before we get to some contact information, just a quick reminder for all the people out there. Go ahead and send your five-star positive iTunes reviews over. And uh, you just log into iTunes, give us a rating and review, five stars, and then just send an email over to animaniacast at retrozap.com. You will get a free Animaniacs decal. And even if you've done a review for us in the past, if, as long as it's a five-star one, well, we want to give you something, too. So it's our two-year anniversary. As a way of saying thank you to all of our listeners, go ahead and uh, just leave those five-star reviews, and we will say thank you by giving you a random Animaniacs decal. Also, don't forget that we are going to, of course, be wrapping up our run of discussions of Animaniacs episodes sooner or later <laughs> and uh we want to know what you think we should talk about when we're done before the new episodes come out in 2020 so if you go to survey.animanicast.com that's survey.animanicast.com you can fill out a quick questionnaire it's like it's like i think four questions like it, it's so quick to to do but uh, just let us know, which of the series would you like us to talk about? Tiny Toot Adventures, Pinky and the Brain, Freakazoid, or maybe just kind of a mixed bag of, you know, all three of those. Just let us know. Uh, Survey.animatingcast.com Well, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Um, as always, I'm on Twitter, folks. Uh, DjangoFT, that's me. All right, and as for the Animatingcast, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, and uh, we even started up a little discussion thing with the RetroZap folks over at Discord. So for more information on that, just check our show notes so you can join the community of RetroZap and get involved and have a discussions about goodness knows what <laughs> over at Discord. It's a brand new service for us, so we're just kind of interested i i know it's usually a gaming kind of service for for some people right but uh 
for us, we'll just be having discussions about Animaniacs or Star Wars or just pop culture in general, because really that's what RetroZap.com is all about. You can head over to RetroZap and see great articles, great videos, podcasts, and goodness knows what else all over there dealing with Star Wars, dealing with movies, video games, pop culture, and of course, us dealing with the Animaniacs. So head over to (laughs) RetroZap.com today. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, who's not here right now today, but for all of us, <laughs> this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.